The little hand says it's time to rock and roll, and that means it is time for the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com. My name is Sergeant Nicholas Angel, I'm a.k.a. Bill Bodkin, and I will be your host of the 141st episode of this series. That is Season 4, Episode 2, if you are wondering. Uh, welcome to the second part of our Cornetto Trilogy rewatch. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the seminal action comedy, Hot Fuzz. I am joined by the Danny Butterman to my Nicholas Angel. It's probably the other way around because one, definitely in better shape to see number one. Um, and I'm I'm a little jollier than he is at most times, I would say. Um, the managing editor of thepopbreak.com, Al Manorino. Buddy, you've got red on you. I do. You're mixing up your, uh, you're mixing just, up your I'm movies. Just, I'm just reading your shirt right now. I know. I, I was supposed to wear this uh, last uh, week. I do have a Shaun of the Dead shirt, and I do have a shirt for next week as well. Surprisingly, I don't have a, a hot fuzz shirt. I do have uh, the vinyl for the soundtrack, though, um, for hot fuzz. But yeah, man, I'm so happy to be here with uh with some special guests, as always, and our, our, our other co-host. Um, yeah, man, hot fuzz. Yes, um, she is um, the winner of uh, the best uh, podcast host on Socially Distance because Al and I are <laughs> terrible. Um, she is the human human Star Wars encyclopedia, Amanda Rivas. Uh, welcome back, as always. It's not like you have anywhere to be on a Thursday night. I make Thursday. I reserve Thursday nights to be here with my favorite. You, you so actually have I, a life, so thank you <laughs> for making time for us. And joining us is a, a person who is kind of the inspiration for this rewatch. Um, and I say that because she was our guest on our Spaced uh, podcast back last fall, and that's where we decided to do a rewatch. And she's like, "I need to be on this," and here she is, comedian Melissa Jobin. We are so happy to have you back. I had no idea I was the inspiration. That's exciting. It is. That was like as soon as as soon as we figured we we're like, yeah, we should do this. And I was like, we're kicking this off for the new year. And of course, if you're wondering, uh, yes, next week, the world's end. Who's the guest? Who's to say? Because we don't have anyone. <laughs> it's probably, it'll be Ben, probably. <laughs> We've gone way too long without Ben on the podcast. And uh, then after that, it will be The Last of Us. We're going to be talking about the first few episodes of the new HBO series. So, guys, we're going to be skipping the pregame this week because, uh, you know, the Golden Globe Globes happened. We could talk about award shows boring or we could uh, we could talk about wrestling too dramatic um and i don't know if al wants to talk about that so let's get into the film because we're hoping this podcast runs shorter than the actual film and a goal <laughs> we did not accomplish last week uh so let's get right into it our first segment morning sergeant angle our beginnings with hot fuzz now of course, we've already established that everyone on this podcast, Melissa included, uh, we're fans of the Simon Pegg, Edgar Wright, Nick Frost universe. Of course, Melissa, we talked about Spaced, and you're not a fan of this group if you're doing that love space. Amanda, obviously, we established with Shaun of the Dead. Al and I, I mean, we've talked about it way too much, even on other podcasts before this one even <laughs> existed. So, guys, back in the year um, of our Lord... 2007 when this podcast oh no it does podcast jesus christ when this film was released i want to know your level of anticipation for this 
for me, this was, I don't even know, want to think about what came out in 2007, because this was the only thing that mattered to me. I was psyched. I knew I could still tell you the day it was released in the UK. Um, Valentine's Day. Uh, can I remember like important things in my life? Nope, but I can remember that. Uh, and this was released in April of 20, uh, 2007. I can remember that because it was the weekend my brother-in-law got married. First time. Uh, long story on that one. Um, so I want to know your guys' level of hype. Melissa, you're our special guest. How excited were you for Hot Fuzz? I so I was really excited, but I was also uh, I was I was I was still in high school, and uh, I was not old enough to see an R-rated movie. <laughs> so I had to wait for it to come out on DVD, which was agony. Um, I did not get to see it in theaters, uh, but I, I I vividly remember watching trailers and like the commercials and just being like, I gotta see this movie. I gotta see this movie. Um, so I was pretty I was pretty psyched, but. Every, I'm sure all of you saw it well before I did. Um, <laughs> it's a bummer, yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm just like, Jesus, I was like dating my wife at the time. I was just like, that's how. I was, uh, I was in high school. <laughs> awesome. So let's go, let's dive a little bit further into that. So do you remember like when it came onto DVD finally, were you like there day one? Like, oh yeah, I need oh, yeah. this movie in my life. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah, my neighbor... Um, uh, he was a very big movie guy and every Friday he would go, I, I can say this cause I, I don't think he can get arrested for this now. Um, <laughs> he would go to Hollywood video. He would, he would rent Hollywood all- video. That's the first, that's the first wow. name. Drop. Wow. He would, going he would back. rent all of the, well, and then after Hollywood video, he would just, you know, wherever, wherever else he had to go when they closed down, but he would go to Hollywood video, he would rent all the new releases and he would make copies of them. <laughs> And he would always give up my family, like all, all the copies. I like, hope they were on tape. I hope he copied the, the DVDs <laughs> on tape. <laughs> they were on DVD. But oh, he would man. he would he would make copies of them and then give them to us to watch. And so um like I remember like very much like today's the day, like today's hot fuzz day. <laughs> today's getting my hot tape a hot fuzz. Nicholas Angel <laughs> would not approve of that. Um and um were you like I know obviously Peg and Frost fan. Yeah. But were you a big action movie fan growing up? Not at all. Wow, okay. Yeah, so it's interesting. Okay, because we're gonna get back to that. That's I want to keep that in mind. Amanda, I know you're an action movie fan. So I like I, I already know that. So, but like your level of anticipation, were, were you in high school when this came out? I mean, I was, I was in college. I was in college. I was probably just born when it happened. I know it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. I'm just kidding. Um, so you were in college. No, I no, actually I just graduated college. You gonna be, just did you go to were you a Texas Longhorn? No, uh, I went to a smaller university here called St. Mary's University. So I'm a rattler. Oh, you're a rattler. <laughs> I'm a rattler. Um, and uh, but yeah, I remember seeing the um, previews and the trailers and just being super excited because I was like, oh, this. I mean, already Shaun the Dead was so good. It's just like right, right. already you're you're amped up, you're hyped. I dragged two of my girlfriends to go see it. And I, I am the action movie nerd of, of my group of friends. They are here like, let's watch all the romantic. Not that there's anything wrong. I love a good romantic comedy too, but they are very much the girly movies type of friends. So they kind of just sat there and were like, okay, we'll just go with her. So she doesn't go by herself. I'm like, this is brilliant, you guys. <laughs> well, to be fair, it is kind of a romantic comedy, if you ask it me. Is. It is. Oh, don't my- worry. We were going to talk about the <laughs> love that's in this. Uh, just going back to me for a second, because, uh, you know, 
whatever i'm selfish um i could not see this opening day because my then girlfriend now wife her brother was getting married so i had to go and meet all of her family and half of her family looks the same which is really confusing when you just meet everyone for the first time her dad's brothers they all look the same all their daughters look the same and i'm just so i decided i'm like I'm just going to get hammered and not worry about who anyone is. And I remember (laughs) the next morning, not mm, a little hungover, going to the Mammoth Mall and watching it. That was the same weekend I got my bootleg. uh, So, Melissa, you're not the only pirate on this podcast. I got my bootleg. I got my my bootleg space DVDs from eBay because that's where you got stuff back in 2007. Also, the weekend I realized... Uh, that I fell in love with my my girlfriend. So, um, romantic weekend for me. Yeah, it was a great time. That's why I have a kid in the background now. Um, Al, and of course, I'm a massive action movie fan. Whether it was it, it at at one time, it was like if it had a gun in it, I'm gonna watch it. Don the Dragon Wilson, you know, Billy Blanks, Roddy Piper, all those direct to VHS ones, uh, right alongside of the Stallones and the Van Dams and all those. So, Al. Were you an action movie guy growing up? Well, so I was. I was. I was, I, I was in high school when no, this came I was, out. I was a um, <laughs> two two thousand six. Like when I got to high school, like that's when I started. Like again, the friends that I had with me were big uh, movie fans, and they were getting me. Those into friends are also the same friends you have now, pretty much. But yeah. they were getting me into a lot of like movies that I had never seen before, and so I, I remember they got you into the Matrix. Yeah, well, seriously, whatever. Gonna do, we're gonna seriously. do an episode. We're gonna keep doing it. Fine, yeah. fine. We're doing but, an Matrix episode this year. All right, please, we're talking, but we're talking it. about hot fuss. So, if we're gonna do uh, a goofy movie this year, which I've never seen, we're doing the Matrix. I, start, I was actually we're we, we were rewatching the other day. Uh, Megan's never seen it either. So, yeah, with hot fuzz, it was the same thing as well when we were talking about Shaun of the Dead last last week. Once I saw Shaun of the Dead. I was hooked. I was like, I need to watch everything these guys have ever done. I just went down this rabbit hole. I've done that before too. Like when, when I discovered Kevin Smith movies, which I was, it was weirdly out of order. I actually started with Jane, Silent Bob, Strike Back, <sighs> and my buddy was like, "Oh, if you like that, you would like Mallrats." You would. So I watched context for this. <laughs> yeah, and that was yeah. It's it's like, oh, this was really funny. He's like, I don't know how you understood any of that. Here exactly. is like, you should watch Mallrats, and then I would go Mallrats to Clerks to Chainsaw. I went completely out of order. Um, but anywho, with yeah, so once I saw Shaun of the Dead, I was like, oh my god, these guys are amazing. So it was right around that time. I think Hot Fuzz was already out. I didn't have to wait for it. It was out already. So it was probably around, was it 07 that came out? It's probably when I I also saw Sean. And then I think the next thing I was hyped for was Paul, which was not a right movie, uh, but it was Peg and uh, Frost who co-wrote it. Um, yeah. So again, I, I like instantly got hooked. And then I think eventually had watched Space and just anything that they were involved. I mean, I I watched the most anything peg was in i i had watched because frost wasn't in as many movies as him at that time like peg became like the big like quote-unquote star but the movies that he was in it was like run fat boy run which <laughs> i watched and it wasn't, it wasn't the worst it's movie. not bad and what's I, it I da- and da- david's, started it. david's in it. yeah david's in, i've started a few times i can't get it, it it's not bad that, he was in that one oh, uh, how to lose friends and alienate people that's a, a solid 
That's was actually in, pretty he solid. Was in an episode of Doctor Who. He was an oh, episode yeah. of Doctor Who. Yeah, that's so right. I just watched, and but I didn't, I didn't get into Doctor Who until college. But yeah, so that's oh, that was. He was in that movie with Andy Serkis called Burke and Hare, which is not. Oh yeah, funny. I was not ready. I didn't watch that one actually. It, don't don't bother. It is not funny. Um, yeah. So this is how we got into it. And uh, let's go. I already gave this segment away. It's called The Little Hand Says to Rock and Roll. Best of Hot Fuzz. Um, This was a pop question from our last episode. Guys, the lines from this film that your favorites, but the ones most importantly that you use still in everyday life. I Melissa, I'm going to save you for last because I feel like there's going to be real. Well, actually, no, I, I, when I was watching it, when I was rewatching it last night, I was like, wow, I, this, like, I forgot most of the lines from this movie. They're all amazing. And as soon as I heard them, I was like, oh my God, this is such a funny movie, but I forgot most of them. But what's the ones. Okay. So you watched it uh, recently, uh, which I did not do last week, but I've seen hot dog trying that a million times is. What were some of the lines that you just like, God, this is as a comedian and a comic writer, like were some of the lines that you just like, you're like, God, that is, that is a slice of fried gold. If there ever was one. I mean, I, oh, so there's one thing that I definitely always remembered from that movie and I always loved, which is, and it's not even that funny. It's just like, personally, I really like it is when the guy calls about his swan and he says his name. <laughs> <laughs> like, which is yeah. Stephen Merchant. Stephen so, Merchant. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, like that that is <laughs> and the fact that it was a real guy what's his name oh, like that is very good to me <laughs> oh, so long long slender neck <laughs> it's so great to I because I love how mad he gets he's it's, like P- it's a, Peter it's a Ian swan. stick it He's like, P.I. is like a piss taker. Come on. Come on. And it's like he hasn't snapped yet, but that's the thing that puts him over the top. And just I the t- way that it cuts immediately to him, just like, okay, so Mr. Staker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, those, those jokes, like he is the master. The, the It's all editing, right? Like that edit. He's done that so many times across his movies, and like it's incredible. It never, it never gets old. It never fails. It's the the amount of, and we're going to talk about his movie age, so I don't want to give away. But it, the amount yeah. of editing that makes these jokes is is pretty incredible. Plus, any other lines before I move on from so to someone else? Any other lines that you're just like, God damn. Oh, God, uh, you beautiful bastards. Well, it's not specifically, again, it's not like, it's not a very funny line, but I do love it. I don't know, scene. Peter Ian Stinger <laughs> is a very funny line. <laughs> but it's the scene, um, like, towards the end when um, Danny's kind of like, oh, you, uh, you you didn't really say anything clever there. And he's like, oh, well, you missed it before. Uh, I threw the cuddly monkey at him, and I said, play time's over. Play time's over. <laughs> he said, you're off the chain. You're off the fucking chain. <laughs> Just taking a moment to like decompress and be like, yeah, uh, you totally missed this really funny thing I said. It's such a bonkers scene. It's so good. <laughs> Featuring multi-time Academy Award nominee and one-time okay. winner, Olivia Colman, star of a yes. prestige Marvel show coming out in a month. And on the crown as well. And on the crown. <laughs> the fucking queen. Oh, God. Jeez. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I also just love how he's so sweet any throughout that, except when it comes to the action, and that he's just like his best life, and he's just so excited. Um, Amanda, lines that live with you today, 
in your everyday life and um i just lines you just love from this oh man um the big one you know i found myself using it and not remembering why i was using where i heard the line from and then i'm like wait rewatching this movie this shit just uh this shit just got real <laughs> well, and i know yeah. it's bad boys which, too. i know people are saying which that is too, bad boys but, too, yeah yeah but i pulled it from i saw hot fuzz way more than bad boys so i don't think i've ever yeah. seen bad boys too no what yeah, i think I saw bad boys boys oh i'm sorry i didn't you see bad boys. it was good i enjoyed never it. I think seen I bad boys too oh, oh okay there i was like good good no it's good, good. bad boys too is i've seen parts it's of it good. I, yeah. yeah i love bad boys too it's good it was good it's uh, twice but hot fuzz i've seen way more and yeah the shit just got real it was there for me but then <laughs> angel don't go being a twat now <laughs> I still, I call people swats a lot. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love how that's, that is a line of endearment and acceptance yes. for multi-time Emmy nominee, Patty Considine. The way it's delivered, but it's just, Angel, don't go be a twat now. Like, I just, I die. Cause I'm like, it's, it's so great. I, oh. uh, I love Patty. Another one of the million reasons why I love him. And, um, yeah, that's that's those two are probably the lines that I use the most. I call people twats a lot, and that not in an endearing way. <laughs> the more we, the more we, we podcast with you, Amanda, just, the, just the peeling, darker, peeling the onion, the darker. <laughs> Al, I think we use uh, many of these lines to each other every day of our lives. Oh my god! I mean, I I, I wrote them down because I and the, the the annoying thing was that every time I stopped, I was like, oh no, wait, I got another. One. So yarp and narp. That's I, a literally I, I, Al and I yes. conversation every day. Every day. Every day. I use Yarp and Narp with and, and not and I also do that to other people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually I will use it in Slack at work, not knowing <laughs> if people understand me. I just put Yarp. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> uh, if people to, and if people have seen Hot Fuzz, yeah, you might not recognize the actor. Yeah. That's the hound from Game of Thrones. Of course. Yeah. So it took a minute. It took a, a minute when I watched it again, I was like, wait a minute. That's no, uh, you wouldn't yeah. have been in my house when I discovered that watching Game of Thrones yelling, that's the effing guy, that's the effing trolley boy from Hot Fuzz. <laughs> my wife's like, I'm the, the other person here. <laughs> oh, he just screamed that. I'm yeah, like, stop I, yelling. I, I felt like I needed to. Um, Al, what else you got? You probably got 20 more. I got a bunch. Uh, we, we say shame every time. Shame. We do that all the time. Uh, the, the 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 delivery, and it's it's going back to to what Melissa was talking about. That, I mean, that entire exchange is incredible. Um, of him being disappointed that he didn't do a catchphrase at the end of it, it was just so good. Um, a great big bushy beard. Love that. My buddy Andrew uses that a lot. Just every time just, you see, every time I grow my beard out, he's like, "Look at you, a great big bushy beard." And that's it. It's always the it's always the the amount of like enthusiasm you put yeah. behind it too is always great uh you're a doctor deal with it i love that yeah. one i've actually um, said that to a doctor um <laughs> and then another one that i always say either to myself or randomly to my friend ryan is super cop meet the cop who can't be stopped i love that one <laughs> anytime <laughs> michelle yo is uh, introduced in anything i yeah. think uh, i i think i think i've said it on this podcast i'm like super cop she's the cop who can't be stopped can't be stopped <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean i have a million yeah, keep going. Uh, other ones but you're gonna pick no, a bunch of mine so no I'm, I'll, I'll let you go because a lot of them are more of just like moments in the and then we'll get yeah. into them anyway so i'll let you go um 
Uh, <laughs> I often refer to supermarkets as the local supermarché. <laughs> no one gets that but me, and it's perfectly fine. Um, um, there's a few other ones I just can't. Re- um, yeah, oh, I can't. Yeah, mother effort. Like way Danny says it, I can't swear. My daughter's behind me. I've definitely used that. Um, little hand says it's time to rock and roll as a point break line, but I only say it like Nicholas Angel. Um, uh, London was another one I often uh, that no one can pronounce. I've done that a number of times. Oh, there's a few. Uh, um, but I like the the load of, of uh, cutlery. <laughs> I've done that too. Uh, I've I've done the pub. Like I've said, like I've used that, but there, if you ever see the deleted scenes of that, it, there was like 30 takes of him doing that, of spraying it and going pub and Simon Pegg can not hold it together at all. Um, uh, there's a, there's a few other ones. I just can't remember. They will come to me randomly. Like they always do. Um, but yes, this movie is so quotable. Um, it just it hurts at times. Um, so there is just an ungodly amount of famous people in this film. I was I, like, I watching that movie. I'm like, I guess I was too young to know half of these people. Well, the first time I saw it, because like, wow. Yes. <gasps> so we have in the beginning, in the first scene, you have <laughs> Martin Freeman, Steve, who is in all of the Cornetto films. Steve Coogan. This is his first one. Bill Nye. Um, you have an. A, a facial cameo from Kate Blanchett, The Hound, uh, Oscar winner Olivia Wilde. Um, you also Olivia have... Wilde? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Interviewed on thepopbreak.com. Don't uh, worry, she... darling. <laughs> Don't worry, darling. She won't be nominated for that film. Um, Olivia Coleman, I should say. Timothy Dalton. Of course, you also, I don't have these people's names written down. The bad guy from Indiana Jones and Raiders of the, oh, sorry, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, he's the priest. The bad guy from Lethal Weapon 3 is the uh, doctor who is it, needs is to it, deal with it. Is it Bollock or ba- Bollock? What, what is his name in that? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, ba- Balock. Ba- who cares? Belloc. 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 Um, the priest. Uh, no, the doctor is the bad guy from Lethal Weapon 3. Um, the, the head of the NWA that shoots Danny was the TV version, I believe, of the Equalizer that ran oh. in America in the late eighties oh. and early nineties. Right. Okay, and so, everyone else you see in the NWA is apparently has done stuff in crime stuff in the UK. So, so everyone so in this the, film is so, insanely famous. So the spoiler of the big ending is all of those characters has played a villain. Yes. Yep. Which is and, great. I love that. Eve Draper was in new girl yes she was she she's a lot of things the only thing i remember her is new girl she was jess's boss at that like new age school who was dating Mm -hmm. her ex-boyfriend she was in have you ever seen a bad teacher i think is the name yes oh that's right that's right she's the rival in bad teacher forgotten movie and also a former tv series Huh. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we well, reviewed. And, and apparently, you know, Peter Jackson is the Santa. He's, he's Father Christmas. I was going to say that. Father Christmas. That's a good one. Uh, and then David Bradley from um, Doctor Who and Harry Potter fame is the mumbly guy uh, who who has all the guns. So this film is rife with 
famous he, people in it. He says the most inappropriate stuff. And I can't even repeat it. <laughs> no, that's the other cop. So that, right. No, that's the uh, that's the cop, not uh, David Bradley. Oh, the yes. Yeah. And he's also. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're right. oh, I do. I have repeated some of his his stuff. before. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, the other one I do say is an Al sends me the meme every year on my wife's birthday, which is February 22nd. I said, when's your, I said, they're like, when's your wife's birthday? I'm like, February 22nd of February. Like, when? I'm like, what year? I'm like, every year. Every year. <laughs> every year. <laughs> I was going to say, that is another line that uh, that I don't quote often, oh. but it sticks with me. Um, I mean, the, the best, I mean, we're going to talk about like best scenes and stuff, but I'll say the best exchange, and this will be a little sneak preview. The, my probably my favorite moment in the movie, I'm not saying like the, the best scene, but the best moment is when's your birthday? <laughs> It's the best. It's the best. It's the best thing ever. When he gets to the one kid, his reaction is like, ah. "Oh!" And the other one, I always say, if I see a group of moms pushing strollers, uh, oh, your moms are like, "Oh, you mothers!" <laughs> I've said that to my wife and her mom. I, like, I oh, say that one mothers. a lot too. That's a good one. Um, um, I think I said that to your mom and your mother-in-law once. I'm like, oh, you mothers. Probably. <laughs> I did. I was um, at your wedding. Um, so of all these famous people, these recognizable faces, which one is your favorite? Um, Al, I'm going to start with you. I, I wouldn't consider Olivia Coleman. I mean, I, I, I would do. Oh, and also I, forget Patty Considine and Rafe Spaller. <laughs> this is well, well. You, you actually said who was the best, not Nicholas Angel, not Danny Butterman character. So like, I think we should just keep this to cameos, this part. Yeah, the cameos. The, 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 best, the best cameo. It's it's like a tie, like a three way tie. The Freeman Coogan Nighy scene is amazing. It's just it, it make just look bad. Just like just, escalating how yeah. insane the cameo. Wait, you you want me to call the chief inspector? You you want me to <laughs> you want me to you want? <laughs> it's right there. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's, oh. that's, that's a great scene. And all and they three just of them are they mirror each other so well. Oh yeah, it's just yeah. perfect. How's the hand? Still a bit stiff. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's it's a it's a it's perfect. It's a perfect movie. Uh, Melissa, who's your favorite cameo in this? I was gonna say Steve Coogan, and but also kind of that whole that whole sequence. Yeah. Coogan is like he's such so sublimely a dick. You're <laughs> making us all look bad. Uh, not, not he's great though. Not, I mean, oh yeah, he is. Uh, he's, he's good. Everything. Oh, because there's also that one. There's that one moment where he does like this nose flare. He flares his nostrils just like I'm a, I'm really pissed. He's like, I'm the chief inspector, and I gonna make it happen. And he flares his nostrils, you're like, oh shit, he actually means you can't that. be you can't just make people disappear. <laughs> yes, I can. I'm the chief inspector. But then he gets real evil for like a second and he holds it and you're like, oh hmm. Um <laughs> so Amanda, how about you? Who's your favorite cameo? Uh, this is tough because that opening scene was just was brilliant. I but which I've I, totally forgot. I, know, I, I totally forgot too. Totally forgot. I was like, this is just, yeah, it's it's just sheer perfection. But I, and this was hard, but for me, it's Patty. His lines are so good. Yeah, if, um, it wasn't, if it wasn't like only, if we weren't only talking about murder, murder, murder. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, it's all right, Andy. It's just bullying yays. You know, <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> And I'm here like, it's just, it's genius. His timing is perfect. And it's, I had to really kind of narrow down because I had the same like hour. I was like, okay, who's by, who's by, you know, I know we'll get to that. But I was like, I had to differentiate and Patty just that line. It's just, it's all right. It's just bolognese. And the way he looks too, he's like all covered. And it's just, it's, I mean, and just the two of them together though, are just, they were great. 
the, the greatest great. gif of all time. One Al and I have sent not only of the humans, but the Lego version that was done of it. Yes. Of them just like coming in and scream and then coming back out, like when they're outside the fire. <laughs> it's one of the great ones of all time. But for me, it's Cape Blanchett because I remember sitting in the theaters audibly saying, because I'm a I'm the worst person to see a movie with because I will you are. I'm terrible. <laughs> You're I'm not awful. good. No, because I'm the guy who laughs at when no one else is laughing. It's it's incredible. I, it, it's listen, honestly incredible. I don't. I have no shame. Yes, I have no shame. No. If it's something's funny, I'm laughing. When Thor: we, Love and Thunder. When we, when we saw Thor: Love and Thunder, Dead. when the goats got on screen, died. He was laughing died. for. He was dying. He was dying. I thought he, he was dead. He, you know who else died laughing every time they came on? Young Sophie Bodkin. <laughs> that's how you I know mean, it's my kid like right. her teachers will look at her and they look at me they're like i don't see any of you involved in this kid physically but <laughs> laughing at the goats that's all me uh for me kate blanchett because i audibly said is that kate blanchett uh because it's so because i mean 2007 i mean she's red hot off you know she's oscar winner she's only in these like prestige films and here she is in hot fuzz, and I mean, and it's just her eyes, and you know it's her right away. Those piercing blue eyes, you know exactly who this is, and it's this ridiculous scene of them trying to break up, but they've already broken up. But he's like, "I'm leaving," and she's like, "Yeah, I'm over you. I'm already dating someone else." It's just like she's. He's like, "I know you're dating Bob." She's like, "Oh, I never date Bob," and he's like, "Oh." Yeah, it's he's like, like, oh, it turns all sad. It's like Davey's like, hello. And like, <laughs> it's so wonderful that that whole thing, because it just it just shows you like how serious they're taking that scene, but also how not serious this film is at the same time. And that's the wonderful thing, I think. And the the difference between this and Hot Fuzz a little bit is just a distant shot of the dead. I mean, is like this they play this so serious, it's satirical at times. It's wonderful. Um What's the oh god, this is the hardest question I'm gonna ask all you guys. What is the best running gag in this? I mean, this whole movie is a running gag. <laughs> Everything's a callback to something that happened before. But for you guys, what is the best just running gag in here? Um, to me, it's Timothy Dalton. Const every line he has is constantly about killing somebody. <laughs> He's just, oh, the secrets that would spill out of your head if we just cut it off, or just like, oh, may their heads be dashed from their bodies. Everything <laughs> is literally just, or even when he's driving arrest, by, ar yeah. arrest me. I'm a, a, I'm a slasher. slasher. Prices. Yes, so good. And, uh, don't move with the no. Not a, the one that always gets me is don't move with the ginger nut gets. Me. Yes, uh, that one. Uh, but it's um, oh, and it hurts so much. I'm gonna need some ice cream. But it's There's plenty but, of ice cream back at the station. Um, even when he's driving past, and there's just like, um, there's like he, it's, he's playing a song that has the word fire in it. And it's just oh, like yeah. everything he does is just a, a villainous quip. And it looks like he has had, I don't know if anyone's ever had more fun in a movie than Timothy Dalton in this film. He is so joyous and it's wonderful. And it's a shame he is not in more stuff just doing this, just being Simon Skinner in more stuff. But that's my favorite running gag of this. Al, what's your favorite running gag in this one? Okay, so... I put I have two because we're gonna probably go through a bunch of them. Um <laughs> anytime Doris, uh Olivia Coleman's character is on screen, any of the innuendo mm -hmm. 
that they do <laughs> either uh, to her or she does is incredible. Uh, nothing like uh, nothing like a little girl on girl. Um, all all that kind of stuff was great. And then the one that made me, I don't think I caught it the first time, but I definitely caught it the second time, and it's one that makes me smile every single time. Is Aaron A. Aronson. <laughs> which is so for context uh the andes are are uh arguing with uh nicholas about having to uh to, to interview everyone that was at the uh the fair that was happening he's like oh you, you would you want us to start at the beginning of the phone book with aaron a aronson like the most made-up name ever but of course if you remember the piss taker that guy was a real name. It was P. Staker. So um, at the end, you see that there's a little kid in the model village who um, is actually uh, being held hostage at one point by Timothy Dalton. And you find out uh, the kid's name is Aaron Aronson. Just fucking amazing. <laughs> so good. Like geniuses, geniuses. I'm sorry. I just, I just realized that um, the creator of Look Around You and Melissa will appreciate it was the guy he mistakes for Janine in the in the first part of the crime scene. Um, Wait, what? Robert Popper is the guy in the. He's just like Janine. He's like, I'm not Janine. <laughs> That's Robert Popper. Yeah, I didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah, there's so many other directors. In this. Wow. Like, dude, it's just like Edgar Wright's. Like, I don't have a budget for cast, and all my friends just be in this. <laughs> um, I also am a big fan of the fact everyone who's involved in something in a town has an ER at the end of their name. Every single one of them, except for Danny Butterman um, and his dad, obviously. But um, Al, you had a couple other ones. Which one? No, I just wanted to do those two. I was going okay. to leave the rest out. Amanda, what's your favorite running gag? The living statue. That was so great. It's like, <laughs> yes. if we don't come down hard on these clouds, we're going to be balls deep in jugglers. I was like, and this is this will hold the real threat here. <laughs> you know? And I'm just like, I am so, I just can't with that. It's just so, it's so good. Just, just. I can't. And then the whole when they well, you know, when when Nicholas is down there, it kind of in the catacombs, and then there's some living statue guy down there too. And I'm just like, oh like I mean, we don't talk about this because this is the only podcast talking about hot fuzz like 15 years later. They murdered kids. Like they murdered they those did. kids and dogs. Kids. <laughs> yeah. They murdered a lot, a of, lot people. of people. Uh Melissa, your favorite running gag. I I kind of I thought like just how often it kept getting brought up that uh that Angel got stabbed and <laughs> still that stuff just like the amount of times that people asked him about it or it, it came up in conversation <laughs> or it's even the just... second most painful experience <laughs> and then the fact that like the 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 very big moment where Danny approaches him and stabs him and <laughs> oh wow I never. Yeah, I never put two and two together that he that's why he stabbed him. Yeah. Wow. That was like, OK, we'll get to that point, because that was a legit I was like in remember in theaters watching. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, I think my other one was it, and it's the easiest one. It's like the callbacks, especially to Point Break. Obviously, the pop break is named after Point Break. This is this is a thing. You should know this by now. <laughs> um, but yeah. All the references to Point Break just tickle me in a way that I probably not as many people enjoy as I do. Um, any other I'm running gags? I'm surprised got? nobody brought this up yet, but the the fence jumping. Would you oh. ever take a shortcut? And and then he, <laughs> he, he, you know, and of course Simon Pegg being Sean didn't get it last time. Then he like nails it, and then here goes 
because Danny being the one falling, I was like, I am here for this. This is so good. <laughs> um, um, uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that shit. I was like Sorry. that. That was a beautiful callback. Because he looks right at. Day. He doesn't even. He's not even looking at Danny. He's looking at no. us. He's looking. At, he has broken the fourth wall. He's like, yes. Here's a Shaun of the Dead reference, guys. <laughs> Which, by the way, there is a Shaun of the Dead DVD cover when they're in the supermarket. There's when another. There's at, another big, giant Shaun of the Dead reference that's actually in all. I believe in all three movies. Which one is that? Or Cornetto? Does anyone? Does anyone? Yeah. Uh, anyone? Anyone know? Well, there's a cricket mallet in. The yeah, the cricket, the cricket mallet showed up in. No, the yeah. um, the sound of the video game that. Um, oh uh, yeah, Cross yeah. is playing in Shaun of the Dead is again. You hear that in the uh, the bar at the end oh. where they're, uh, they're doing a little bit of the shootout. Oh, okay. And then it appears again in in uh, World's End. I, a movie I have not watched. Oh, I'll get to. I'm it. so excited for you to see it again. I have I not watched it since the first time I've seen it. It's crazy. Um, it's yeah. I, so that's the only one that you've not seen like a million times. Yeah. I, and I'll go, we'll go into that when I, when I see it. Uh, the best non Nicholas or Danny character. Who is it for you guys? I've already give, tipped my hat to it. It's, it's Timothy Dalton. It's the Andes. <laughs> God, such it's, jokes. It's, it's, it's the Andes. It's the Andes. Uh, so I went with Timothy Dalton too. I mean, hands down, his delivery, his lines. It, it, he kind of threw me back to um, his rocket. He gave me the Rocketeer vibes. The way he was with this Neville Sinclair kind of back in the day. Neville Timothy, Sinclair. A name Timothy I Dalton. Just, in 30 years. He, he kind of channeled that for me like a humorous Neville Sinclair. <laughs> you mentioned the Rocketeer. I think before the last podcast or the podcast before it, and I'm like, I can't believe you're, I said, are you going to try to reference the Rocketeer at any time? And you're like, don't worry, I'll, I'll make it happen. Um, the Andes, there's one thing Patty Considine does. that's so gross because he's, it's during the fair and it's during the crime scene. They're in a, they're in a church like lot essentially. And he's like, recounting a sexual conquest to somebody and like who is doing this on like a church lawn it's obviously him i also love the kevin eldern who is a you know british stand-up british you know, uh, comedian who he's the the cop with the glasses who can't get anything right until the very end where he comes up with how to charge them my oh. perfect sunday my perfect sunday <laughs> the other line i'm gonna throw in a um i a line i forget all the time it happens. I'm going to spring this up because it's a wonderful little moment. So it's in the supermarket. They've just wrecked the butcher counter, which cannot be apparently it's made of little glass. They wreck that, and you hear, and it's these young kids throwing fruit at the cops who then just open fire on these kids. <laughs> like Taurus just starts unloading a machine gun on them and do doesn't hit any of them. <laughs> they, they, I, I forgot to yell fruit attack because that's what you do in that situation. Okay, guys, here's this. What is that? Like we talked about last episode, what is the scene in this, in this film or scenes that just is just so near and dear to your heart that like you go back to it every time and you're just like, ah, oh, this fucking scene guys. It's just like, this is, this is it. This is, this is why I'm here. Um, Al, I'm going to start with you first. So 
it's <laughs> I, I have two. I'm trying to remember why I said this one specifically. Um the okay, the Danny asking questions montage is fantastic. You know, like have you ever fired a gun while flying through the air? Have you ever fired two guns while flying through the air? That that makes me laugh every time. Um oh and the bar like a montage. So it's not really a montage, but it's kind of like a back and forth. So you're seeing them get wasted and then um, watching uh, Point Break and Bad Boys 2. You get to see Danny's giant movie collection by the power of Grayskull, which is great. Um, and then you're also seeing like the murder take place. It's crazy that like we really haven't really talked about the plot of the movie at all, but like it's crazy because I remember re- I rewatched all three of them quite recently and it's there's a long time before you get into this movie that it starts as like a somewhat of like a lame cop comedy in the sense that like nothing's really happening and then all of a sudden it's a it's a a, a, a like a slasher movie it's a straight yeah. up slasher movie which is crazy and i remember that's like the second kill which is uh not messenger um the, the guy with the whose house blows up but like that's that's those scenes are happening like concurrently and i just love how they can go back and forth to that like well, we got a little super, drunk super super silly super fun and then like this like murder that's happening and like that that's like the balance of like what makes this movie like sing honestly uh most how about you what's 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 something that you hold near dear to your heart for the um, definitely definitely the scene where um it's like the night after Danny and Nicholas had a fight and Nicholas comes back to him because he's done all that research and uh they there's kind of like a montage of them like you know trying to figure it out and uh talking over what they think is going on and then they get back to the station and it's his Duck birthday <laughs> and then and then it's his birthday and uh and he re- like he runs out to go get him a, a birthday present that's that I like that scene I also love at the end of that that scene with the montage and he goes, well, maybe they were just all accidents. <laughs> <laughs> they get so much accomplished and he's yep. like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, just, um, I think that that is like, that scene is like the core of the movie for me. Yes, 100%. I agree. Uh, for me, um, you know, listen, I'm a sucker for a shootout. So that whole town square scene is just... I, it points out that Nicholas is this great cop in London, but like these townspeople really, they really fuck him up. Like he gets shot a lot, um, <laughs> but it's so over the top. Every action fan's fantasy and Danny's fantasy, a hundred percent. Well, uh, everything he asks him. No, of course it all yeah, comes back. It all happens. Which is, again, it's it's like the genius of right and 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 peg like that that's such great writing and, and yeah medica oh I, I was just gonna say it it's still heartwarming too because you have that moment where he's like here's the guy like danny goes and joins him and it's just it's it, so even in the middle of such an awesome action scene you get a little heartwarming little, little bromance tug there it's nice <laughs> That's what I love about the the cuddly monkey line when he's just like, oh, well, you missed it before. Like, literally, they're being shot at. And he's just like, (laughs) I said this really funny thing. You missed it. (laughs) And that, like, because we are so used to action movies having, like, the banter in the middle of, like, a shootout. But, like, 
that felt like two friends who were like really everyone was like that's the thing it's like and that's my other favorite scene is the supermarket scene because everyone's playing like they're like you don't play cop you are cop no they're playing cop like they are playing right now and it is awesome to watch because no one can hit anything <laughs> at all no like the lurch gets killed it gets knocked out because he slips nothing nicholas did <laughs> caused that every they can't even hit the kids throwing fruit at them when they yell fruit attack it's so great even the even and um i do love the 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 match of um the exacto knife that um skinner's assistant uses and then he pulls out at the end and beats the a very similar fate um uh oh did i get to everyone amanda you took, did mine, I get to you? No. You took mine though uh, the shootout sorry. scene no 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 i mean it's such a it's like we talked about it's a really well done scene when i first saw it it reminded me very much of like a desperado or a once upon a time in mexico type of vibe we're just coming in lone soldier with all these weapons and it's it was beautiful you get just those little heartwarming moments and yeah those i was like wow this this uh this little neighborhood organization here is putting up the fight. So the NWA. I know. There you go. For um, the greater good. For the for greater the, good. For the greater good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the other thing about that is it uh uh Melissa now, I I believe Amanda used to use space where it goes back to he runs in with the guns. And I just remember the comic book editor, yeah, yeah, the guy who ran the comics going. Bisley, all muscles and guns, that one. And it was like, that's the first thing that ran through my mind when he said that. I was like, oh, Tim Bisley's going to love this one. Uh, but let's get to murder, murder, murder. Change the fucking record, which is the most harrowing and heartfelt uh, parts of this. I have, a, I have a question on here I'm going to add because we mentioned, Al mentioned this already because we get into... This movie really is part slasher movie, part mystery. There is a legit mystery here. Does that work as well for you guys as the buddy cop stuff that we that we see throughout the film? So most of them will start with you. Definitely. Definitely. I think it really does every single thing that it does have to do like pretty well. Um, like the action scenes are so good. The even like the like kind of more like slasher movie, horror movie scenes are are really uh they're kind of like suspenseful in a way. Like, you know what's going to happen, but it's still kind of, I mean, you don't always know it. Like, you know, the flower shop scene, I didn't see that coming, but with, uh, with uh, Miss Draper and uh, the actor, when they get murdered, like, I was like, oh, what's going to, what, what's going on here? And it's, I mean, I'll, this is going to, this is an answer for later, but um, yeah, yeah, it, it all works. And then it's all funny. It's all funny at the same time that it's doing all these other things. Like having that corner of the church, you know, fall on the guy. That is still horrifying. That's probably one of the like most gory scenes that I've seen a lot of gory movies. It's like, that's probably still one of the most gory things I've seen. Yeah. It's terrifying, but it's disturbing, but it's also like pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's like walking around, he's like, <laughs> and it's the reaction too that Nicholas has. It's like, oh, like <laughs> I'm gonna, I have okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the pin in that because there was a part of that that I have to bring back for my follow up question on this. So uh, Amanda, does this does this murder mystery did like it, does this balance the film off well, or do you feel like you you're just here for the you know, frost and peg antics? I mean, as much as I love the frost and peg antics all the time, I, I feel like 
the, the, the slasher element is what differentiates it from being just another buddy cop movie. Even though it would be a really good buddy cop movie, obviously, it just this just made it feel different. And it made you feel more engaged because if you had just straight buddy, like for as long as the movie was, and you had straight buddy cop humor the entire time, you want something to get invested in. And I feel like the, the murder slashing kind of, the, you know, trying to figure the mystery out helped you root for them more. So I feel like it helped supplement uh, what was already going to be a good story, made it even better. Alex, same to you. Yeah. I mean, I think it's them just playing with the genres that they like love right so like with Shaun of the dead it was the zombie rom-com right it's a zombie movie mixed with a romantic comedy um with this it's it's the buddy cop movie plus they had to add that extra element to it and they added a few they added the slasher element and this mystery too so i think it all works because it's like it's all it's all fitting within the they 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 wrap the slasher um they wrap the slasher and the mystery around this buddy cop movie, right? This and comedy, obviously, as well. And I think it just it all works effortlessly because they 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 go in and out because a slasher movie for you know always has a cop or detective or some kind of element to it already. So it kind of just works and they just make it their own. One of the big influences on in the film. Uh, they they talked about in the commentary straw dogs and that I also think works in it which is like kind of something you see in straw dogs you see in wicker man you see in um, uh, midsummer like it's this perfect little utopian place but underneath is this belly of corruption and evil so Melissa when you talked about Tim Messenger dying what was what did you guys think of when when Nicholas Angel puts out the whole grand conspiracy of why this happened because of the, the town of year and because of, uh, uh, you know, land buying and all this other stuff. And it literally was just the mundane little stuff. It's just like Tim Messenger died, not because he was exposing anything. It's just because he was a horrible writer <laughs> no. and a terrible editor. <laughs> they didn't like Eve Draper's laugh. Like it was just all this mundane shit. So what did you guys think of that being the reveal? Does that take the hot air out of stuff for you? Or is no. that just like, oh, no, no, you, you've made this wonderful. Right. No, I that's what I was before. And I was like, oh, I don't want to like spoil my answer for later. But like, I love that it was literally like she died because she had an annoying voice. And everyone's just like, oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, everyone. is. I think even Nicholas was like, oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like he died because he was just a, he was he, he was making too many typos and and. So was, glad I'm alive these days. <laughs> well, I, I feel like, too, it. it it's little things that would just annoy people in general. That's just like the best part. It's, it's, it's just, you know, like if you get enough typos, it's just, it's annoying enough, but then it's like, yeah, do we get to that point? Sometimes we, we get annoyed and it's, it's funny because it's relatable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like these people over the course of the last 20 years have just gone so mad with power that like literally spelling things wrong in the newspaper is grounds for, for dying. Like the kids getting caught, you know, doing doing stuff around the streets like that's a, like the, the living statue <laughs> <laughs> the living statue just dying i refer to frozen. the living statue <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I mean it's 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 not even things that annoy it's it's anything that's stopping them from being the uh, the perfect village the perfect village right so like they didn't kill those kids because they were drinking it's because they got caught and they put a blemish on their perfect village, which is um, 
increasing probably the crime rate or whatever if that's right so like it's that's the crazier part about it is like they don't give they don't it's not like they don't they're looking for people to murder it's these people are ruining our chances for being the best village that's insanity and that's what makes them like perfect villains and that's why they kill that's why they kill the attorney and his girlfriend because they're like we have two Um, (laughs) the two bad actors but remember it was an extra (laughs) straw dogs and she was a body on prime suspect so they could easily take it and then you see the little theater poster with them on it instead in front on the shop um also a couple uh, you know of those people there are a number of Shaun of the dead returns the Mm -hmm. shopkeeper the the twins uh but also uh marcia from spaced is one of the bar one of the bartenders so the bar owners i should say so there's a couple good one and bill bilbo is the two to the twin brothers <laughs> don't tell me nothing uh me nothing. <laughs> um what was it like a scene like because like i said there is some really good dramatic moments here what is that scene that like really tugged on your heartstrings for me it's just i i tugged at my heartstrings or more likely made my heart stop was when you when danny comes out stone face out of the the crypt and he stabs nicholas and you're like what just happened is danny now not on nicholas's side like that break that broke my heart um al what about you it's like an emotional scene there really. was it I mean, was it when he broke the piece lily uh when danny saves him right like i guess it's the same concept but it's more about when it's revealed that that he's not actually stabbed that he had the ketchup packets and comes out and they have that argument and they're talking i love that scene like he's not judge judy and executioner um okay so let me ask a question to everyone about that that scene remember so danny stops him and says you need your notebook it's your most important thing does he know he's gonna like danny knows what's gonna happen right or was he just giving him so i thought that too but didn't he do it so he had the ketchup packet in his hand in the bar yeah so i think when he stabs him i think he has the ketchup packet in his head because you can look at it both ways if he knows then he knows and that's that makes him kind of part of it right but if he doesn't know and then he's trying to get him out of the situation then i would say it's because he already has it in his hand i don't know i never actually thought about that yeah that so my for me so we all all of our most emotional scenes are all like the same scene but different part mine Is when it's kind of like, you know, Nicholas is, he uncovers this, the secret society and all the people standing around in a circle and like, you know, the, um, one person puts his, their hand on his shoulder and then there's a, another hand on his other shoulder and he looks and it's Danny and he's like, Danny, yeah. no. And like, he's like, like, just, just, you know, immediately just like, oh, I like, I'm just like just the devastation, but also like, that's a good question because Danny was literally physically present at that meeting. And then later he's like, I didn't know what was going on. I thought that was just by, you know, my dad and his friends. Like, yeah, it is kind of confusing what Danny did or didn't know. But then again, Danny is very, um, naive. Well, yes. yeah, yeah. Naive. Yes, he is, he is naive oh, in a lot of ways. Well, I'm wondering about it too, because the, the, so the emotional scene I was going to pick was Danny defending his dad like yeah. or at least just when he's when he's initially finding out that seems so genuine though yeah like he was genuinely surprised like he didn't want to shoot his dad or you know uh, that's that's tough that's a good question because you really could see it either way 
it is interesting when it comes to maybe, that. Maybe, he, maybe, maybe we could make an argument that he was worried about him because he knew that something was up. Yeah, you know, people kept dying, and he he was investigating it. So you know, maybe he just knew like the closer he gets to this, the 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 more danger he's in. The other scene I'll ask you guys about is um, the big scene at the end where Danny takes a bullet right in the stomach for, for Nicholas. And we fade to black. That's at the police station blows up and it's a ludicrous scene because <laughs> Nicholas is a goddamn busybody. Of all the things, he's a goddamn busybody. Busy um, <laughs> such an old man thing to say wearing tweed. Um, so, uh, did you guys, did anyone think, did anyone think that um, Danny actually died? And if you guys, uh, Al, if you could just take over, I have to go see a see an eight year old about a bedtime. <laughs> um no i mean they made it look like it but i mean when they when they cut to to the mom's grave or when they come to, they cut to the grave i was like he's gonna be right there i'm like there's no way they're gonna kill nick frost <laughs> two movies in a row <laughs> so i'm like unless they made him a zombie again yeah i was uh, about to say they technically yeah. came back as a zombie yeah kind of just, they had a loop for that <laughs> i didn't think it was gonna happen but uh I, what about you guys uh, I I knew he didn't die. Um, I was just like, there's no way that the movie ends with da- with Danny dying. Like that's just not what this movie is. Like it's just not the vibe of it. Um, but I did love the way that they that they did it so that it seemed like Edie. You know, like the the cut the a year later, he's putting flowers in a grave. Oh, he's really torn up about Danny dying. Uh, that that the way they did it was very was very good. But I it was to me it was obvious that he wasn't dead. Yeah, and it was also such like a like classic buddy cop trope too. That the, the visiting yeah. the grave, like I mean, that's such a like a that's in every movie. Um, but well, yeah, what about what about you, Mana? I think it just would have killed the the whole vibe of the movie if he died. Yeah. It just would have done it. Although I I give him credit, you know, I was like, how did he survive? Like, so he got stabbed, and then the building exploded. So I was like, you can't really like go for cover. Or anything like you can tell, I like, got hit by a bunch of rubble. Like I was like, "Wow, all these people made it. That's great." Because that's a big mine that just went off. <laughs> but I'm glad everybody made Very it. True. And and um, so yeah, I didn't. I did think for a minute, although I was, yeah, I didn't think for a minute that he. I was like, it would have completely. I was like, there's no coming back from that if they had done it. No, for sure. Um, and do you guys think Danny and Nicholas? ended up together this is a, a, a bill question uh no i i don't personally think they they ended up together i think they just became best friends um and nicholas probably ended up getting another piece of the league maybe both of them did but i don't i don't i don't see them actually like getting together uh melissa what about you I kind of do. Uh, I kind of think it's like I so when I saw when Bill, you know, sent the questions that he was going to ask and that was on there, whether or not they were to get together at the end. I was like, yeah, eh, kind of. I think maybe um, the movie doesn't like explicitly give you any evidence. But, you know, there is there there are just such intense, like emotional moments between the two of them that 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 do veer very much farther than buddies. You know what I mean? Like, um just the the like just the idea that like as soon as he realizes it's Danny's birthday he runs to the store to buy him a piece lily like that that to me felt like more of a romantic gesture than a like a friendly gesture bill this was your question what do you think oh yeah i really hope they did um (laughs) because they're they're wonderful and like but think about like how he's talking about janine how he missed um 
her dad's funeral. He missed birthdays. He missed dates and he missed all sorts of stuff. But he would run out of the middle of an investigation to go get Danny a piece of life. And I also think like what you're talking about, like there's always that bit in like action movies. You talk about how um, Utah and Bodhi had a much more like romantic relationship than um, than Skyler and, and Bodhi. I was, or Utah. Uh, I mean, like you could see that. And it's just like, but this, like when, when they're on the couch together, it's a very intimate moment. Even if it's just friends, it's like, it's, it's a very, but he's like, you can't turn that big brain off. You know, at one moment I'm like, are they going to just hug and give each other a smooch and just fall asleep? And I mean, that would be wonderful. And I think they do because like, why would like Nicholas is buying flowers for the mom and put on the grave and which is, you know, obviously they're doing that to be like, did Danny die? Um, yeah, but I, I hope they did. I, also, I think in the commentary, they're like, yeah, they they definitely did. Yeah, like it just seems it just seemed very much like that was sort of like a like an option that you, the viewer, could choose, and that would be that would be true. Uh, also, the cuddly monkey, him him leaving the cuddly monkey in the lobby for for Nicholas, that that also felt like a romantic gesture more than a friend friendly gesture to me. And then he then he's like, I I want it for you, <laughs> like in a very gravelly <laughs> voice tone, like it's a very romantic voice you put on there, sir. Um, That's yeah. I feel like it's more teased. I don't know if I would say outright. I'm kind of without because I honestly feel like if you had asked me the same question about Shaun of the Dead, I could probably, because it was such, they had such an emotional connection in that movie. I think it, there's an emotional connection here, but I, I feel like I've seen a more profound connection. Of course, it's okay. also stress-induced and that kind of thing too, because obviously you're in a life or death situation. But, um, but. I, that's I just I see I, it could go either way, but I just I feel like the, a lot of the gestures are so platonic. I've seen I've seen guys kind of have stronger bromances at this point. I think. <laughs> All right, let's get into here comes the fuzz. One of the great, <laughs> most on the nose lines ever um, from Timothy Dalton. Of course, this movie came out sixteen years ago. How has this movie aged for you since you guys have first seen it? Melissa, when you got that dubbed DVD, oh, so many years ago down in Ocean County, New Jersey. <laughs> Represent. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot. You're, but you're like two different parts. It's almost like you're in a different state at that point. Basically. Um, yeah, Ocean County's humongous. Long Beach Island is like, you're your own county. Um, what's the, uh, like, how's this movie aged for you? I honestly think that it's aged really well. I mean, you, you, especially for like that, specifically that time period, like 2007, like I can't think of any off the top of my head, but if you were to tell me like movies that were popular or that were like, you know, like the biggest movies of 2007, I would probably say like that movie didn't age very well at all, but hot fuzz, like just like, there's not, I don't know. Edgar Wright is really good at doing pop culture references where like you don't need to know them in order to understand them. And there are ones that you might miss if you're not like well-versed on something. And it's not like you need to know them to follow along, if that makes any sense. Like they're, they're basically yes. Easter eggs. They're Easter eggs. Like if you know what you're looking for, you they're very enjoyable. And um, it, you don't need to know them to be able to completely understand the movie. 
Um, uh, to give you a reference now, Melissa, that you asked, what are the top what are the top movies of 20, 2007? I'm, I'm, I'm reading it right now. Spider-Man 3. Yeah, that was not a good movie. Not the no, no, no. What of the I'm doing the top highest grossing? That is not the same thing. (laughs) No, I'm saying the highest grossing movies of that year were Spider Man Three, Shrek the Third, not a good movie, (laughs) Transformers, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, uh, The Bourne Ultimatum. All right, Three Hundred. Like Three Hundred. I liked it too. I, I cannot imagine 300 aged well. I don't think it did at all. Uh, and Ratatouille, which I think okay, is aged well. Wonderful. I mean, that's a classic. And yeah. go on the ride at Epcot if you can. It's okay, but okay, so, so 2007 <laughs> comedies actually fucking ripped. Like, hot well, fuzz. Well, hot, we have different, different definitions of ripped, I think. So all right. I'm going to give you some 2007 go, go, comedies. Okay. Go. You tell Let's me hear it. Let's hear it, buddy. You Look. say nay anytime I say a movie, okay? Number one, Hot Fuzz. You can't yeah, say we're doing a podcast. Yeah, because, about it. yeah. <laughs> knocked up. Oh fuck! I great liked movie. it. Yeah, super bad. Ugh. Okay. Oh, great yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, underrated, I believe. Blades of Glory. Oh, uh, I love that movie. Underrated. No, 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 it's rated. Uh, I'm with you, Al. The the best part of that movie is the Will Arnett, Amy Poehler, JFK, Marilyn Monroe scene. That's the best (laughs) part of that movie. If if you nay this one, I'm shutting this uh, computer right up right now. Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Didn't see it. Bill, that is that you need to see them. Oh, I know. I know. Okay. Two parts of it. I for an eye. You need to see that. You got to watch the Matrix. No, I have like ten Fine. movies. I gotta I'll watch give. First. I'll give you one more. This is just comedies in terms of ones that I like truly adore. Uh, Hot Rod. Oh That's my it. god. Okay, Hot wow. Rod is like my favorite movie of all time. It's so there good. Go. I knew. I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> there you go. So uh, yeah, 2007 comedies actually ripped. 2007 everything else not great. Yeah. The best oh. probably I mean, the best the best movie of that year is No Country for Old Men. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That was everywhere. There will be blood is the same year too if you like that yeah. sort of. Oh, yeah. I didn't love it, but uh yeah, I mean I, I mean, you know, Blades of Glory, I wouldn't say aged well. No. No, God, no, no, but it's fun. No, no. The only other funny. line from that is just like Russia. It was like uh, Nick Sportson's like, I can't, it smell like soup. And it's just like, all right. I but guess. out of all of those movies, I feel like Hot Fuzz is probably the one that's aged the. Yeah, best. even, not, even I knocked agree. up, I would say, even though it was good at the time. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I don't think it knocked up is, is still funny, but there are parts that you're like, whoa. Yeah, you're like, same with Superbad. Yeah. I haven't gone back to Superbad in so long. You guys on MySpace? that movie is like my entire high school like i remember just watching the shit out of that movie like so many times i watched that movie uh but yeah yeah hot fez definitely is aged well for sure i think i i feel like when i was watching it now even here this week again just you know to get to prep it was like you could just pop it on and it's it still feels like it occurred like last year or a couple the humor is very timeless and and i think it's a very original it's original it's original lines it's original it's like you know melissa had a great point like it it you don't have to there's no real pop culture you don't have to know something it's just such timeless if you know you know yeah Yeah, like i said i am i am not an action movie person i love this movie i didn't get any of the references 
he points the gun up he, in the air and yells. I mean, that's, oh, it's, that's it's, so it's good. super on purpose too. Like his movies, Wright's movies are kind of timeless. Like he doesn't really make movies like of the time. And if even if he does, they age so well because like even this movie that's referencing older movies, those movies are always going to be older. They're older then and they're older yeah. now. Well, and they're so always still sense. referenced. They're still relevant movies too. Like, yeah, yeah. still He's referencing relevant. an 80s yeah. movie and like one of the biggest blockbuster action people comedies know of the 2000s yeah so it's like he's referencing things that have happened but he's not referencing like 2007 and i, I that, that's but, why they're so timeless what's interesting is we so also well. we also point out like we pointed out Shaun of the dead how like all of us were like wow especially tyler he's like we got the zombie jokes and we got the horror but wow when you're watching it as you know tyler i think is his late 20s early 30s he's my, he's my age Oh, whatever. How old are you? Are oh, you're ten years younger than me. So, 30, and then me, old man month. Jones over here. So it's just like we all like we all are like wow. We we realize the the points about growing up and putting stuff behind or trying to keep your friends. I look at this one as like I don't know if there is a greater spiritual message here, but I watched this. I watched this last night, and I was like, one, why the fuck did I have to pay four dollars to rent this? Why is this not on any other <laughs> streaming service? Thank uh, you. <laughs> check out check out my rant on the TV break podcast about Knives Out not being on Netflix. Um, but I DVR'd it off TNT. So I'm gonna so I just want to make Al remember remind him that I am an old man. But I watched this, I'm like, this is such a like watched all these other times. This is hilarious, hilarious, hilarious. And I just watched it this time. I'm like, this movie is so friggin' clever. Like, just everything is like the editing is so caffeinated, but it's so meticulously caffeinated it's just like everything leads to a joke every bit of writing leads back to something you already you already heard and even if it's not a reference to another movie or another thing it's a reference to something that's already happened or is foreshadowing to something else and it's just the brilliance of all of that and also the church fate scene where he's doing the tumbler thing and how that's just building such anxiety in that scene you just have to re- that's such a suspenseful thing and just to just how purposeful they made the suspense and the dark stuff so dark and so suspenseful and they made so many things so referential within the world of the film that you're able to go back and piece everything together is just awesome and then they completely deconstruct it and be like no it's, he doesn't know how to spell that's why he died like you know this is like her she sucks. It's bad laugh, you know, and, and then it's it's so wonderful how they did that. Um, one thing that they say in the, the commentary on this film is that um, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg were like, the town doesn't win here. It just shifts from Frank's totalitarianism to Nicholas's totalitarianism. Do you guys agree with that? Like. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. at the end, like the, when they're in the car and they get the call over the radio, it's like, oh, there are some kids messing around with the with the with the shopping carts or whatever. Or no, it was some hippies were messing around with the recycling, recycling bins. bins. Yeah, yeah. Like they were probably just putting the recycling in the yeah. appropriate bin. <laughs> and he's sorting through the recycling. <laughs> and he's like speeding through. But Al, you shook your head no. So do you think it's the town's better off with Nicholas and Danny? Or is it just I, I think it's just, I just think a it's lateral better. move? It's not a lateral move. The, the other people were murdering people. Um, it's definitely better. I don't think it's totalitarian. I think it's I think it's more like representing that cops are actually doing stuff now in this town and responding to things 
normally like they would normally was it normally like they had that souped up car racing towards (laughs) the supermarket (laughs) but because that's still big crime there like it's you know i mean like i think it's i think it's just showing that like it's showing that nicholas has embraced danny's like hyperbole of like being an action movie cop after being through all of that so i i think it's still better because no one's getting murdered uh, that we know of um just everyone's going to jail yeah. uh, <laughs> which is fine i'm fine with that well i mean you live you do live you do live well that arsenal's still there by the way i'm just again looking through the 2007 movies it's probably it's one of the, the best, best action movies too of the oh of action the movies in 2007 had to be the 2007 best. action movies are bad what They're are they good it's like two guns, probably. No, it's way before that. That sucked. Here's I'm gonna I'm gonna just name ones I think I've seen, and then you guys can go yay or nay. Um, shooter. I'm gonna go yay. That's a I like that movie. one. That's yeah, a, that's a bummer. That's that's movie. Hitman. Hard nay. Yeah. Uh, love 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 me some Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, like but he was movie. bald. <laughs> I never saw the Kingdom. Oh, that's Jamie pretty good. Fox. That's pretty good. Who was um, in that one? Jamie Foxx. It's um I didn't see it. Jennifer Garner, uh Jason Bateman. <gasps> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Didn't see so it though. Pretty good. Okay. Um this is both horror and action. Um, and again, it's very split for me. Grindhouse. Uh I do didn't like Planet Terror. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I do mm-hmm. not care for Death Proof. Thank you. Um, one of the few people uh, who agree with me on that. The best one outside of Hot Fuzz. Um is shoot 'em up. Movie's fucking awesome. Have you guys seen Shoot 'em Up with Clive Owen? Oh, wait. Oh, what was yes. the fir- wait, wait, wait. What's the first one you mentioned? Shooter uh, with Mark Wahlberg. Oh, that's right. Shooter. Oh, no, Shooter with Mark Wahlberg blows. Oh, um, no, that's not That's bad horrible. It's Danny Glover's movie. got the fake teeth and he's lisping all over the place. It's Mark Wahlberg's like, ah, you know, just like, <laughs> shut up. Shooter's solid. Uh, but Shoot 'em Up is friggin' ridiculous. Up, that yeah, is essentially a comedy. That, that they should have made. 15 yeah. of those movies. Yes. Shoot 'em Up is awesome. It, it was awesome. Awesome. so much money that there was no way they were making sequels to that. Shoot 'em Up was great. Um, yeah, that's about it. I mean, you get the you got Die Hard 4. Um, oh, 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 fuck. No, no, let's not. <laughs> no, Timothy Olyphant only made good choices that year. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, Did he really? and then I guess I've never seen any of the Bourne movies, so the Bourne Ultimatum, obviously. Bourne Ultimatum is pretty good. I heard um, that's really good. Um, other than that, man, war uh, with fucking Statham. Next, uh, Ghost Rider. These are bad oh, movies. Yeah. Ghost Rider, what a piece of oh. National Treasure Two. That's a, that's a that's a fun movie. I don't remember the second one. I just remember it's the first fun. One. Yeah, it's like, did you see the first one? Same uh, as the second. The, the classic Beowulf. Oh fuck that! You mean oh. the Shrek Beowulf movie? Robert the... Zemeckis directed that one. Yes, and oh, what a wow. Ray, Ray Winstone's first when, big one. Oh, when God. they made fun of that, Dale, oh, oh, I was dying. Oh, <laughs> that was great. It's that Seth was so Rogan's good. character. Chip and Dale rescued. I'm I'm, surpr- I'm surprised I didn't ask you to come on that Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers podcast. I that was... totally forgot that movie came out. You need to watch it right no, no. now after there, this podcast. Okay, I don't care if this is derailing this podcast. Melissa, this <laughs> movie, you, as someone who enjoys it's, cartoons, someone who enjoys Andy Samberg, I, I swear to God, you will, this is a movie you will cherish. The only way to describe it is it's 
this generation's or our Roger, generation's Roger Rabbit who framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, it's, they okay. fucking nailed it. It's, it's magnificent. really, really good. It's really good. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Anyway, uh, Al, so now you got to do a little work on this part. All this right. is the ratings from scale on a scale of one to ten. Uh, last week I took your job and I said it was on a yep. scale of one to ten dead eds in the shed uh so what's your uh what is your rating system it's uh uh zero to ten broken japanese peace lilies oh so uh, a scale of rating of a scale of one to ten you can say broken or smashed whatever or smashed peace lilies melissa you are our honored guest thank you so much for joining us this week what do you rate going back and now rating hot fuzz on a scale of one to 10? And just to be clear, the more broken peace lilies I rate it, the better it is. Better. That's correct. Okay. I honestly think I would give it like a nine or a 9.5 even. Um, it really nearly is um, a perfect movie. And the only reason why I say nearly is because uh, there's a part in the middle where there isn't any action where like, like they saved all the action for the end of the movie. They did. And, yeah. uh, it, it you know rewatching it i was just like get to the get to the shootout get to the shootout um but that's a very very minor uh comment on my end i would say it's like a 9.5 for me it's a 10 i think it's as someone who loved action movies so much uh and grew up on them yeah it nail it hits every part of it and still maintains that wonderful british humor that i adore amanda <laughs> Oh man, this is super close, but I'm going to go with the 9.5 broken Japanese lilies because this is such a good movie. But Shot of the Dead is just a little bit better and just shorter, a little short. It, it, and that's that that's hard. But I'm like, if I have to, if I have to rank which one I would rewatch, it would be Shot of the Dead by like a little bit. Al, <laughs> I'll take us home. It's I, I think. I don't know if there's a trilogy out there that's more perfect than the three movies. And it's not a real trilogy, but in the sense no. that the Cornado Cornado trilogy, I, I, there is no three movies that I enjoy more. And I think all of them deserve a 10 out of 10 because of how much I truly, truly love them. There's no point in this movie where I'm like, I could skip this part. Mm, that's a good point. So it is the very definition of a rewatchable movie and is one of my favorite movies of all time. I think all three of these movies get 10, 10 out of 10s. I know we're a little early on 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 the third one, but yes. this definitely gets 10 broken Japanese peace lilies out of 10. All right, guys, we're going to wrap up our episode like we always do, where we're going to uh, give our pop culture recommendation for the week as well as plug our social media um you know what why don't i go first since i always go last for me i'm just going to reiterate my uh pick from a week or so actually maybe i have more than one go see daredevil go watch the movie no not the movie no i'm joking don't watch the <laughs> i was movie. like wow yeah, sorry <laughs> two, right. different, two different it's 2003 wow go see go. daredevil <laughs> yeah. it's in the movies right now no watch daredevil season one on disney plus i am going to be talking about it on bill versus the mcu the new season drops next week um it's fantastic but the show i have to really recommend that it took a while for me to get into it we talked about this on the pod uh we were all kind of negative on it and it's willow 
Uh, it really, really grew on me because it decided to figure out what type of show it was. And what's that type of show? It's a weird show that doesn't give a shit. It's just like, we're going to do weird stuff, guys. We're going to make modern references and have modern music. And it's just going to, we're going to tell a lot of random jokes. That's Christian Slater over there, by the way. And uh, yeah, let's just have some fun with it. And I think once the show decided, screw it, we're just going to have fun. This show and, and like the audience could feel it. And now I think they're invested. And this show did rank actually pretty well in his first few episodes were in top 10 streamers. So it could it, it could see a season two, but if you haven't checked it out, check out Willow. Uh, it just concluded its first season on Disney Plus because I guess that's the only platform I ever watch, except when my daughter's watching Wednesday, which is also a very good show. Um, Melissa. Oh, shit. I forgot. I have to plug all my social media. Uh, like, I don't host this podcast for the last three years. Um, find me on Twitter at BodkinWrites, thepopbreak.com. Every single day, year 14. Got a lot of good stuff coming up. Um, at the Pop Break on Instagram, at the Pop Break on Twitter. Check out my new interview series, Anchored in Asbury, an interview series. I will dropping a second episode this month um, with Ed Mayer of Nectar Presents. Nectar's Presents, sorry. And uh, that is on the Pop Break Today feed. I also have Bill versus the MCU, like I said on the pop break today feed and we just dropped the new episode of pop break tv uh no, sorry tv break on the pop break tv feed um i talk about um how mad i am that knives out is not on netflix and uh, we talk about witcher blood origins and how that's a piece of shit uh so yeah check us out at the pop break on instagram and twitter melissa now we can go to you <laughs> tell us about all your stuff tell us about warm things tell us about where you're performing your and uh what's something you're recommending this so month for I, people to check out i haven't really been i haven't really been watching anything i've been playing Maybe something older I've, I've been playing a lot of pokemon violet so your right. video game recommendation you can play pokemon Perfect. violet um tv wise i write even older stuff like i like whenever i'm doing something and i just want background noise on um i put on king of the hill and i usually end up getting really caught up watching it so uh if anyone hasn't checked out king of the hill or hasn't checked it out in a while i honestly do really recommend rewatching king of the hill because it's it's very good there's a lot of very timely stuff that's uh that happens on that show like they 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 were a little bit ahead of their time um as for socials, so I am part of a sketch comedy group uh, called Warm Things. So you can find us on Instagram or Twitter uh, on warm, uh, we're warm underscore thing dot s on Instagram. Um, I actually deleted my personal um, Twitter account, uh, but you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram name is Asthma Squad, which is it is actually a um, Peter Serafinowicz reference. Uh, that was very, very, very uh, obscure. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, you can either check out Warm Things. We don't have any um, shows in the pipes yet or at the moment. Um, but if you follow us on Instagram, then you'll know when we do. And what's that Instagram handle one more time? It was, it was warm underscore thing dot S. Perfect. And then you could talk, uh, Melissa and I, I'm sure we're going to do our MLB The Show uh, 23 um, podcast one day. We'll just talk about the Mets and the Yankees. On <laughs> oh, oh, Melissa yeah. and I talk a lot about that because <laughs> I just got MLB The Show 22 just recently and I've, been, I've had a lot of fun with that. Oh my God, I'm obsessed with that game. It's, it's amazing. Um, Amanda, tell us about your pop culture recommendation. You know what anime you're going to recommend this week. Oh, no, I actually know what you're going to recommend, but 
Uh, yeah. And uh, where people can find you on social media? Um, for my social media, primarily on Instagram at Amanda Lorian. And I'm waiting for my season three <laughs> to drop of The Mandalorian. Um, but uh, for my pop culture recommendation, so I have two. Uh, so, because I was kind of torn. I mean, obviously, I have second years, Bill. Willow was awesome. It, 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 I feel the same way. It started a little rocky for me and then it picked up and it, it, yeah, I, I, I've really enjoyed it. Um, so the first I'm going to recommend is, uh, the bad batch and this, you knew that one, uh, this last episode that or this week's episode was brilliant. If you haven't watched it, I know it can be a little slow, but this, this episode, wow, just, oh man, it took me on all sorts of emotional journeys. The title is the solitary clone. And it is, uh, yeah, yeah, it is really, really good. So if y'all haven't watched The Bad Batch, streaming on Disney Plus, and then I have to give a massive plug because we were talking about the the Golden Globes and whatnot, but everything, everywhere, all at once is brilliant. I think I've seen it like five times already and it's just, it's so good. It's probably one one of the best movies I've seen in a long time and super well deserved for both Michelle and, and uh, yeah, I just, I'm like all over the place. Go watch your, go watch your speeches um, too, if y'all get a chance. And, but yes, if y'all haven't seen it, this movie is brilliant. It's, yeah, it's hopefully Saturday for me. Oh, uh, so good. Yeah. Al, why don't you close this out with your social media plugs and a pop culture recommendation that hopefully is not Phoenix. You can find me at Al Manorino on Instagram and Twitter. I'll be taking photos of something soon. I don't you should, know. You well, should ask me. Literally, <laughs> literally, I don't know when. I just haven't figured out yet. Um, and then a uh, pop culture recommendation. I, I've been rewatching Community again for. I feel like it's like the second time in like a year and a half. Um, don't know why. I'm about to finish season six. And uh, man, I can't wait because we're getting a goddamn. Yeah, I was movie about to say finally. the movie. Are you prepping Let's for the movie? Go. Yeah, I'm so excited. I think that was uh, part of the reason for the rewatch. But uh, yeah, so excited. actually the rewatch happened because of Halloween. I was like, oh, I want to watch rewatch a lot of TV Halloween episodes and Community has some of the best. And, uh, pay- and the paintball. Paintball too. Of course. Pop, pop. There you go. Pop, 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 pop. Yeah, the second. That's the <laughs> that's the, the second paintball episode. Uh, yeah. Uh, Community on Netflix. Go watch oh. it. All right, guys, that concludes our Hot Fuzz rewatch. Join us next week uh, for The World's End. Find out why I've only watched this movie once. Find out how this film actually brought Al Manorino to the popbreak.com. And um, find out what Edgar Wright thought of my review. Find out all of that next week. 